Wake up. Wake up. Get up. Yo, how y'all doing? I hope you're having a good day. I hope you're feeling well. I hope you're ready to get out there and get shit done. Yeah. Good morning and welcome back to your favorite podcast, Thoughts by DeVille D.I. And you better not chuckle when I said that either. Either way, if you did or you didn't, you're still here today to listen. So you must at least like me a little bit. So now, the topic of discussion for today. Uh, I tried to avoid it. I Well, I tried to avoid it yesterday and Sunday because I knew, number one, everybody was talking about it. But that's the reason why it needs to be talked about. <laughs> So that we can get different perspectives on the situation. But I refused to talk about the situation before uh, the man was even taken off of the concrete. See, um, yesterday, Sunday, the hip-hop community and the community um, out there in L.A. lost a very up-and-coming, influential individual. Businessman, father philanthropist uh activist mr nipsey hustle moment of silence for nipsey right quick now as respectfully as i can i'm going to handle this this uh conversation that i'm about to have y'all so as y'all know um I do run a segment that is called What DeVille Thinks, where I ask for questions from the audience. And the topic that I uh, received, I actually received this Sunday night, is does DeVille think the government killed Nipsey Hussle? Now, I know you're saying, some of y'all are saying, DeVille, DeVille, why would the government kill Nipsey Hussle? Relax. I'm going to tell you. Now, see, Mr. Nipsey, um, he's from L.A., rapper, entrepreneur. Uh, this guy sold a mixtape for $1,000 a copy, and people actually bought it. And he used that to finance his independence as a music artist, and he's established businesses. He was buying back the block, as they say, in his old neighborhood. He was buying up the block uh, to keep it affordable and providing jobs and services to his community but the reason why people think that uh the government killed mr nipsey hustle is because he was due to release or working on a documentary about the works of dr Sibi. now dr Sibi was a holistic doctor who uh, claimed to have cured aids gonorrhea cancer i think uh, i think he said paralysis um erectile dysfunction dysfunction and numerous of other diseases that people have said that there weren't even uh cures for now uh mr uh, dr sebi he went on trial back in the 80s for practicing medicine without a license and what else was it it was count it was something to the nature of false false healing Basically, they were trying to call him a snake oil salesman. It's like he was out there saying that he could do things that he couldn't do. 
So Dr. Sebi went to trial. I'm going to talk more about Dr. Sebi later, but I'm just trying to lay out a little bit for the people who don't know. Now, Dr. Sebi, uh, when he went to trial, he won his cases, and he said that he asked three questions while he was on trial. He uh, he said he asked, did, uh, does it not say in the Bible that there's a cure for all diseases in the herbs? And and that they, they answered yes. The uh, next question was, um, did, uh, what is the name, Hippocrates, the, the guy who invented medicine, basically, he asked, did he not cure every disease known to mankind? They answered yes. And his third question was, did he use herbs or did he use medicine? And said that the judge told him that um, when he was growing up, when they were growing up, they, he always wanted to make a difference in the world. I believe it might be, I'm not sure if the judge was male or female, so I'm going to say that. They said that they wanted to make a difference in the world, but they ended up being a judge. And that that day they were going to make a difference in the world, and they were, he was going to dismiss the case. Something of that nature. I'll get into more detail on the later show. But he won that trial against uh, the city of New York, and then he went to trial with the federal government, and he won that one too. Um... Mr. Dr. Sebi, I keep calling him Mr. I want to pay the man, the elder, his respect. Dr. Sebi died under what people are calling um, like suspect circumstances not too long ago. And it's believed that he was murdered due to the fact of, you know, he was kind of taking on Big Pharma with his holistic herbal healing. And, you know, medicine is big money, so they believe that they, they took him out. And for the same reason, people believe that Nipsey was taken out for uh, pushing that Dr. Sebi's information to the public and his story to the public. Now, what DeVille thinks. This may rub some people the wrong way. This is a trigger alert. DeVille does not think that the government killed Nipsey Hussle. And I'm going to tell you why. Because what would be the benefit of killing Nipsey? Dr. Sebi's information has been around for a long time. Like I said, he went to trial in the 80s. He had been healing people forever, you know, for years since like the 70s. He had been healing people. The information is abundant on YouTube, Google, anywhere. If you just were to type in Dr. Sebi, all type of information will come and is available to you still now. So if the idea was to stop, but because let me back up a little bit. People are saying that, oh yeah, well, uh, Nipsey's had a greater reach, a bigger influence than uh, Sebi did. He could have spread that to more people. True. But if the mission was to stop Nipsey for spreading that, spreading that information, it was an epic fail. Because in the death of Nipsey, more people in the past couple of days are talking about Dr. Sebi than I've ever heard talking about Dr. Sebi. I've known about Dr. Sebi for a while now, and I actually uh, took in some of his uh, advice and practices into my personal life, you know, to try to keep myself healthy and full of, of, of vitamins and minerals. But so it really had the complete opposite effect. If you were trying to silence it, you just put a speaker, an amplifier on it and boosted it up because more people are talking about it now then probably would have watched the documentary. So I don't think that was the, the goal. 
I don't. That's why I don't think that they would have done it. And even with uh, Nipsey's passing, uh, Nick Cannon has stepped in and said that he's going to complete the project anyway. So it it, it is. It would be. Mm, it would not be a wise decision or a wise thought process to sit down and these people sit down in rooms and they come up with plans, five year, ten year plans. So you, I'm not going to believe that they sat down in this room together and came up with a plan to murder a man to stop a message knowing without realizing that all it would do is amplify the message even more. And on top of that, it is, um, it is unsure how big of an impact the message would have had in the first place because now that the brother has passed away, Yes, everybody's talking about it and everybody has something to say about it. But how many people would, like I said, if he just had to put the documentary out, how many people would actually watch it, do you think? And how many people would actually implement it, implement these practices? Because the information's been out there. People have been telling this stuff. Lisa Lefa Lopez went to uh, Sebi for for healing. Uh, Michael Jackson allegedly went to Dr. Sebi for healing. Dr. Sebi's name rings bells in the community now this, this is something that a lot of people of the of the hip-hop and urban environment is just finding out themselves but there's a large number of people out there who already knew this information and like i said killing him didn't suppress it they just it amplified it actually now so that's what deville thinks about that now um the reports reports are coming out from people who are close to nipsey and what they're saying is that um it was a guy they know who it is it was a guy who came up with nipsey was friends with nipsey at one point i, I believe they were supposed to be in the same um organization and he came on the block and was basically called out for being a snitch and ran out of the off of the block and he came back and retaliated. And that's why uh, Nipsey is not with us anymore. I, do, I, do I believe that? I can't really say that I believe either. I wasn't there. But I have to take into account the fact that people who were there are saying that is what happened. Now, of course, there are the conspiracy theorists who jump right back in and say, hey, don't you realize that the government will use people close to you to kill, to murder you? It's a possibility, but is it is it far fetched? Not really, but during the circumstances and the the outcome, the ends and the means is what I'm looking at. The ends don't justify the means. Or the means don't justify the ends. However, the saying goes, it doesn't add up because, like I said, you couldn't. If the aim was to stop the spread of the message, you had the complete opposite effect. It was a failed effort. So why would they do that? Just to get the brother up and out of here? I don't know. I could be wrong. This is just my opinion. This is just what I think. But what's more depressing to me than that no matter who it was that took him out, is the fact that there's so much fake outrage out here nowadays. The love is so fake. 
but the hate is so real because that man who shot him hated him i saw the video he shot him six times and kicked him in the head now see that's another thing that believes me leads me to believe that this was a personal issue because he kicked him in the head that's that shows emotion that shows anger you see what i'm saying even one thing like number one this was a trained government agent uh and he put six bullets in him five to the body and the headshot why would he kick him in the head because it wouldn't have been personal to him he's just a soldier doing what he was taught to do but for if it was a hired guy if they hired someone from the neighborhood to do it in the same in the same aspect he's a mercenary and he's a you know just a regular smuggler joe he shot him and he would have got up out of that with a thought so for you to walk up stand over for you to stand over somebody and put that many bullets in them and then kick them shows me that you had a specific hatred towards this man that's just how i see it that's what the field thinks about it and i am utterly disgusted by the fake outrage see i knew nipsey knew of nipsey from his works not from his music i had heard i had seen his interviews and i've heard him speak and i uh, you know saw things or heard of things that he was doing in the neighborhoods and for the neighborhoods and that's what i knew about nipsey i, I haven't ever in my life listened to one nipsey hustle song and i'm sitting here and admitting that but the there's so many people right now my timeline is flooded with nipsey from people that i've never seen post nipsey before people that i've never heard say nipsey before people that i've never heard listen to nipsey before now nipsey's all up and down the timeline i can understand showing your respects but at the same time why didn't you show this brother the same love and admiration of why he was alive give him his flowers while he can smell them and even more saddening to me is the fact that we have so many people around us it made me appreciate it, it made me look around at all the business people the entrepreneurs the philanthropists <laughs> around us and content creators that we have around us and we need to support them and each other as creators and entrepreneurs and so on and so forth while we're here don't wait until something happens to one of us and then tell the world how great we were let's spread the word on how great we are right now how great each other is right now while we're here while we can hear it while we can benefit from it now i'm gonna take a little break and i'll be right back with you all right man i was lighting things up a little bit man the other day i saw a video of the brother omari hardwick aka ghost from the hit tv show power at an award show i believe it was the naacp awards something like that and he was going around he was greeting uh jay-z and his lovely wife beyonce so he got he walked up and he took a picture with jay and then he, he passes jay up and he goes over to beyonce and goes in for the hug okay that's that's cool some people are huggers then he gives her the kiss of on the cheek okay that's like almost some mob type stuff you know just kiss of respect but then where he crossed the line is he went in for the second kiss the kiss that damn near landed on the lips and i was like what 
Man, it was disrespectful. You could see the awkwardness on the faces of Beyonce and Jay Z, and I was like, "Damn, Jay, you just just gonna let the, 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 the <laughs> you just gonna let the dude slip up?" I, oh no, I'm tripping. I almost slipped up and said something I didn't want to say. That's what what threw me off. But <sighs> it is what it is. We're not gonna edit this. We're gonna keep it rolling. You could see the awkwardness, and I was like, "Damn, Jay." You're not going to say nothing. You're just going to let this man damn near kiss your wife on the lips and keep it moving. But then I watched it again. I watched it like three, four times. And, and I realized there was some audio at the end where Jay was like, watch yourself. That's my Jay-Z impersonation. It's your boy, Young Hove. Hove. Watch yourself. That is a terrible to feel. Okay, well, it's not going to get any better. You're already here, so it is what it is. But yeah, Jay's told him on the slot, watch yourself. Now, I don't know if Mr. Hardwick was tipsy or if he was just in shock when he saw the Queen Bee. But <laughs> that second kiss, he was pushing me, bro. People get snuffed for stuff like that. I've seen men get dropped for less. Now, me personally, I don't consider myself an insecure man at all, but... If you walk up to my woman, you give her a hug. Okay, that's I'm cool with that. If you kiss her on the cheek, depending on who you are and your relationship with her, oh, all right, you know. Like I say, some people culturally, some people do those type of things. Like I used to, I used to hang with um some um some Islamic brothers, um, who were they were African, but they were they were African and something else. So they were like real fair complected straight hair type of people but they were african and um his family when i when i go over to hang out with him or i see him and his dad or him and his mom you know the women you know they 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 stayed hands free they didn't touch you but the, even the men they hug you and you know do a little air kiss on both sides of your face they never nobody's ever made contact and you know they might do a little cheek to cheek action but no lips touch your cheeks. And so I understand that some cultures and some people's way of thinking, you know, the little air kiss or the cheek kiss is okay and acceptable. So I might, I might, depending on you and how much I actually respect you as a man, I might allow you, you know, to, to do that out of, as a sign of respect, I guess you would say to her. But at the, when you go in for that second one, oh, brother. We gonna have to. We gonna have a discrepancy. <laughs> we gonna have a discrepancy. We gonna have to hash this out. We gonna have some things to talk about, my guy. Like, what? What are you doing? What? Are you, you've already pushed the limit with the first kiss. You've already pushed the limit. You always already have taken it to the edge with the first kiss, and then you're going for that second one, and that's just a little bit farther than I think you should go, man. What y'all think about that, man? <laughs> now. <laughs> I saw a lot of things in the comments. People are saying that when uh, Ghost gets killed off in the next season of Power, don't be surprised. Or when Power gets canceled and, uh, and stuff like that, don't be surprised. Now, I will say that Jay-Z and Beyonce are very powerful and influential in the entertainment communi community. And there are rumors that Jay have canceled people before. So I guess we just got to we'll see what happens and how he really took it you know it could be nothing and it could just be us outsiders making a big deal but it was sure 
it was definitely awkward. You could see the awkwardness on everybody's faces when it happened. You know what I mean? And Beyonce looked flabbergasted. <laughs> what else I got, man? Let's move on. So, oh, man. What was I about to say? Chicago. Let's take it to the shot. Chicago police are being sued. Imagine this. You're four years old. You and your seven-year-old sister and a couple more of your little kid buddies are down in your, the basement of your apartment running around playing duck, duck, goose for your happy, happy, happy birthday, ready to eat some cake. And then all of a sudden the door flies open. Men come running in, holding guns and screaming and yelling. That's exactly what happened in Chicago. Police raided this apartment. While the uh, residents were hosting a birthday party for the four-year-old little boy who lived there. Now, they're running around. They're screaming. They're tearing the apartment up. Once the adults in the apartment realized that these were police officers, they started to ask for warrants. And they were uh, retorted with, you know, curses, slanders, shut up, sit down. Now, this is something that I can speak from uh, experience. There was one time that my mother's house, the uh, detectives, drug detectives showed up to my mother's house. And my mom doesn't see very well. And they told her they had a warrant, showed her some piece of paper and then stuffed it back in her pocket. She let them on in the house. They left empty-handed that day, too. But I digress. I'm just stating that to say it's not a common theme. For, it's not an uncommon theme for uh, these raids to happen and you just to be forcibly subdued or tricked into letting them into your uh, residence. It happened. Um, so after about 45 minutes of searching this house, they realized that the man that they were looking for and the ecstasy they were looking for weren't there and hadn't been there for a long time because this man hasn't lived there in five years. Now, I can, I maybe can understand somebody writing the wrong number on the address, maybe. <laughs> I might, I, no, I can't. Because as a police officer, as a detective, I think like you should, I feel like you should do the due diligence to know whose house you're going in when you're going to execute a no-knock warrant in someone's house. You might can get away with coming up and knocking on somebody's door and talking and asking a couple questions, but if you're just going to full-fledged force entry into someone's house, you should be 100% confident and knowledgeable of whose house you're going in. They weren't. So they ran into this and disrupted this four-year-old kid's birthday party, tore these people's apartments apart, because if you never witnessed a drug rape before, when the task, drug task force comes into your residence, they're not really friendly or concerned with your belongings. They come in, they toss things around, they knock stuff over, they pull stuff out of the closet, throw it on the floor. They're not gently looking through your items. They're, it's supposed to be disruptive and discombobulating experience to you. It's the shock factor. They're going for the shock factor. So they just came in and tore up these people's houses, disrupted the four-year-old kid's birthday party, and then that was it. They left. So now they're being sued. 
Shouts out to the Chicago Police Department for your extreme uh, investigation tactics. And these are the same people that put, well, I don't know if it's the same department. I'm not going to even say that. I'm not even going to go there. But when you see something like this whole case with Jesse Smollett, Smollett or however you say it, and how much effort went into investigating his allegations, but you can't even find the right house to run in looking for an XC dealer. You run up to a house where this guy hasn't lived in the past five years. It's a whole family living in there, having a whole birthday party, trying to cut some cake. You just ruined this kid's birthday, gave him PSTD, and he's going to have to carry that around and probably deal with anxiety for the rest of his life because you went to the wrong house. Shouts out to you guys. You're doing a great job. No offense to any law enforcement officers that may or may not be listening because there are great officers out there. There are some good officers out there. There are some officers out there who wake up every day with their whole intentions in serving and protecting their community. And then there you have the guys who are this year trying to collect a check. And then you have some guys that are pushing their agenda. And when you get that mixture going on, uh, I'm just going to stop. I ain't even finna say nothing else. Because <laughs> y'all didn't come here for that. Y'all came here for some morning discipline. And that's exactly what I'm going to give to you. Discipline for the day. Be careful and cautious of success because you may su taste success too soon. Yeah, it's a thing. You may taste success too soon and it can be discombobulating. It can make you act in a manner unbecoming of yourself. It can cause you to burn bridges and drive wedges between you and people that were important and instrumental to your success and that will be important and instrumental into your continuation. Of success because a lot of times that first bout of success that we get is going to die out you know you you, you you shoot to the top you hit the apex and then you'll start to decline that's why you hear people talk about that sophomore slump that second quarter slump you could come out and have a great first quarter of business sales and then that second quarter hits and everybody's used to you now and you start to slow down that running back that gets into the league and he's just dominating his rookie year and then that second year he comes out and he, he can't do as much as he did before because now we've got a year full of game footage to watch on you and we know how you play. It happens in every avenue of life and business that a lot of times that first push of success that you get is short-lived. So be cautious of it. Be weary when you taste success too soon. Because when you have to grind for something and work hard at it, you tend to appreciate it more. And you tend to be able to look back and see how far you came. So that taste of success is real sweet to you. And you've already built that grind mode in that, you know, you just all you have to do is keep applying that same energy, that same pressure to keep growing. But a lot of times when you taste success too soon, it ends up, it starts off sweet, then it gets bitter because you get comfortable. You start slacking. You start relaxing. You start looking at people funny. You start telling people how you did this. You start telling people how you don't need them. You start looking back at people and chumping people and want to talk bad about people. And now all of a sudden you've got haters and people are jealous and envious of you when in the end of the day, nobody really gives a damn about you or your success 
all you're doing is tainting your success and putting a bad aura or bad energy around the success that you just achieved. And then you get into that second quarter. And now things are starting to decline. And now you're looking around and you wonder why. Because those people who were there that were cornerstones of helping you build that success aren't there anymore. Because you said they were jealous of you and you cut them off. You said they were envious of you and you cut them off. You said they were haters and they were low life and they were bums. And you don't have time to be dealing with these peasants. And you try to go out and find new friends and new allies and new uh, uh, a new network. And that network didn't care anything about you. You were just a flash in the pan. And they were there to eat because the dinner was on the table. But now that the dinner's off the table and it's time to hunt, you're hunting alone. That was a smooth-ass dramatic pause right there, wasn't it? I nailed that. Take this information, do with it whatever you will, but remember to be the reason somebody's motivated and masturbated today. Either way, you made a difference, my friend. Now make sure you get a good nutrition breakfast. Get you some vitamins and some minerals and some water. Make it alkaline. That's Dr. Sibby talking right there. Stay away from that dairy and because that, that dairy forms mucus. And mucus is at the root of all disease. That's what Dr. Sibby said. Just putting a little bit of that positivity in out there so in the case that the government did knock off brother nipsey he didn't go in vain that's what you really need to do if you feel like the government took him out keep spreading the message that he was trying to spread so then the brother didn't die in vain and, and help to push them to an epic fail thank y'all for tuning in do me that big favor that i always ask you to do have an amazing day. Oh, and don't forget, Wednesday, Hearts of Men, the second episode, Why Are Men Afraid of Commitment? Coming at you.